over the years, I've learned a lot about gold in the mountains of Colorado. I've read a lot. I've looked at a lot of stories. And it intrigues me because that whole area, when the Spanish were there, the French were there, and they mined a lot of gold. Clear back as far as in the uh, mid-1700s, uh, Escalante and Dominguez took their trip that went up through part of um, southwestern Colorado and on up. Uh, and even before that, the Spaniards had been looking for gold and mining gold in that whole area. But one of the stories I read about and learned about was a little bit later. It was in the 1840s, maybe 1850, when it first happened. And the story is about a guy named Stewart, Captain Stewart, and it's called Stewart's Placer. What happened was there were uh, certain parts of the army who were being moved out to California. It was right after the Mexican War. And uh, the United States were putting troops there in California. And Captain Stewart had a small contingency that he was bringing out there. He left, I suppose, from somewhere around St. Louis, uh, somewhere in that area, and uh, was uh, covering cross-country with this small band of soldiers. Now, as he'd gone, he was a, a pretty well-read and studied man, and he had heard about Pagosa Springs. Of course, it wasn't a town or anything. It was a, a place with uh, waters. I think the name supposedly means something like healing waters in the Ute language. The Navajos and Utes had fought for years over that water, and the Utes finally had won in a, in a particular battle, uh, actually a, a champion battle, man-to-man, and uh, the Utes had won. So they were the ones there. And as Captain Stewart was going, he didn't know too much about the Ute Indians, but he thought he would go and take a day and and just kind of rest in those healing waters at Pagosa Springs. Sounded good. He thought it would feel good. Now, those, those waters are pretty hot. I don't know exactly what he planned to do. I do know that the, the Utes used it for that as well, and they would somehow dam up uh, in the in the San Juan River there and some of the hot water there and take some very, very hot baths. Uh, there's one place there. I think there are little caves even. But anyway, that's where Stuart was headed. As they were going along, they had been, of course, on their trip for quite a while, uh, maybe a month and a half to get where they were. And as they came carefully over the area, and I, I don't know if they, I think they came up probably more from the Santa Fe area, not many people were using Wolf Creek Pass yet at that time. And they got up there and realized that there was a big uh, Ute encampment around the Pagosa Springs. And Captain Stewart knew he didn't want any part of them, so he decided he would not take time to take his bath in Pagosa Springs and made his way around carefully around the Ute encampment as quietly as they could and went on up. And at that point, he was using, he was going to use the trail that was above Timberline. It was kind of what we would call the Continental Divide Trail now. He was headed, uh, his marker was the Rio Grande Pyramid and the window. And as you follow through that, then you can keep going eventually on out into Utah and from there. 
That was where he was going. So he went around Pagosa Springs, avoiding the Ute Indians, and went on up, first of all, the Piedra River. He didn't know the name of it then, but he, he described it. And then he went up, actually it would have been probably uh, the, the middle fork of the Piedra. Everything that I've read, and I've read his uh, diary, would, would point out that it was the middle fork of the Piedra, which is right where we did a lot of our camps with the Challenge Wilderness Camp. Uh, and reading it, I think I knew exactly where he was, the trail that he would have gone up. And as he describes it, he talks about, and remember, they're all on horseback. They're having to be careful going up. Talk to a place where it looks like, and as you read there, he was a little confused to where he was, I think. And actually, I believe he crossed back over the divide, where at the kind of the headwaters of the middle of the, of the Piedra there. He got over on that side, and there is a trail that goes along there, and they followed it and uh, finally came up to a place. And by then, it, was, it may have been the next day for them to get there. It was, it was noon, and they were going to stop, and they would usually stop at noon. They would make a bite to eat, rest their horses, and then keep going. And, and as he got up there, it was a place, as he described, that it was a fairly open meadow above Timberline, or right at the edge of Timberline, a nice little stream going down through it, and there was a big waterfall then uh, that went down off the edge out of that stream. It sounded like a very picturesque place. There was snow in the mountains yet that time of year when they were. So they stopped there. They got things out, and they have a person who's doing the cooking. And there was they had one little boy with them. He was a, a Mexican boy who had gone along with them, and especially um, he was just like to do work at camp. Where they got him, no one knows. He doesn't uh, really mention, except they always had this boy with them. He was doing his camp chores and everything. And, and Captain Stewart walked down to the stream that was down there. And he reached down, he's looking around, and suddenly he picks up a couple of things. And he sticks them in his pocket. He looked at them carefully and, and then stuck them in his pocket. But he didn't say anything. The, the the little Mexican boy, young Mexican boy, saw Captain Stewart do that, and he didn't know why he did it. But when he got a chance, he went down and he looked in the stream. And there are some records of what he had written or, or told because he didn't write. I said what he saw, he looked there and he saw some uh, some rocks that were really yellow in color. He didn't know what it was, but he picked one up too because Captain Stewart had, and he thought if Captain Stewart did it, he would do it. So he picked up um, a gold rock and stuck it in his pocket. They left from that point. They ate their lunch. They loaded everything up, and they started on. And uh, still reading in Captain Stewart, you read, uh, I think I know almost exactly the path he took. It went up over and crossed kind of back over on the divide. It would have been close to one lake that I know of right now, and then along, and somewhere in the afternoon, one of the horses threw a shoe, and so they had to stop, put another shoe on, and that takes a little while, and, and all the time, remember, they're a little bit concerned about the utes that are around them, and so they're trying to move fairly quickly. They put on the shoe, 
and they got going. And it wasn't until much later, I think that evening, they realized they'd left the horseshoe material sitting there on a rock right by the edge of the trail. But they were not going to go back for it. They, they kept moving ahead. They spent the night. Uh, they kept following the trail and eventually made it out to California. When they got to California, Captain Stewart writes this, that uh, he took the rocks that he realized this is, this is gold. And he took it to an assay office, and they looked at it, and it assayed out at an extremely rich amount. Uh, not 100%, because hardly anything's 100%, but very, very high in gold content. I mean, strong enough to be called gold nuggets. Of course, they asked him where it was, and he said, well, it's not from around here, is all he would say. Now, the little Mexican boy also took his rock when he found out, again, he's pretty observant, he found out what Captain Stewart had done. He took the rock to somebody who knew to take it to an assayer, and the same thing, that it was extremely, extremely rich gold. They lose track of the boy from that point. Most people feel like that he probably was killed or died. You know, many people did from all sorts of things. They did not hear anything past that time of this young boy, and they lost track of him. Captain Stewart served as a, as a military man his whole career, but he never forgot that place there in Colorado. And so when he finally got out of the Army, and this is many, many years later, by that time, it would have been, I believe, in the 1880s up into the 1890s, Captain Stewart went back to Pagosa Springs. By then, there was a little town of Pagosa Springs there. He knew where he was. He, know, he knew what he had written in his journal. And he started looking for where that gold was. And he rode all over what we would call the Wimenooch Wilderness Area now. He rode and he never could find where that stream was. What had happened was when he was there at that stream and he reached down and he picked up those pieces of gold ore, there was a young Indian boy who had been up hunting and he saw them, and he crept up on the camp, and he saw what was going on. Well, you know, he didn't want to do anything. He was just by himself. But they all knew. They all, being the Utes, knew what was there. They just had no real use for gold. But they also knew that gold would bring white men, and they didn't want that. So the Indian boy went back, told the elders of the tribe what had happened. They chased him. Uh, they chased Stuart, but he was moving so fast, went out of the country so fast that they were not able to catch up with him. So they went back and they went to that stream. And what they did, they went to that place where the stream was and they cut down the trees that were in the area. Remember, they were it was right at the edge of Timberline. They cut all the trees down and laid them down in that river end to end, and then covered it with dirt, with soil, with sod from the whole area. And in a very short amount of time, it would look just like 
a field and then eventually turn into a swamp. And that's how they hid Stuart's gold. What he didn't know and what other people had learned later on from the Ute Indians is when Captain Stewart got back into the area, they said every time he went up into the mountains, there was always at least one Ute Indian who followed him everywhere he went. Because their plan was that if he found where the gold was, they were going to kill him. They said, and there was an old Ute Indian who told this many years later, back, it was probably in the 1920s, and said, yeah, Captain Stewart, we followed him everywhere. He didn't know it, but he stood on the place many times, but did not recognize it because of what we had done. Captain Stewart wrote that he knew he was in the right area because one day as he's walking, uh, riding along, he looks and he finds the old horseshoeing equipment they left so many years ago. So he knew it was about a half a day's ride back, and he rode that over and over and looked and could never find the stream. And Stewart's placer, as far as we know, is still there. I've had a chance to be up in those mountains many times, and maybe I've stood on the gold as well. If you're interested in reading some more about hidden gold stories, there's a book, Golden Treasures of the San Juan, by Temple H. Cornelius and John B. Marshall. You could get that on Amazon and read some more about these stories. Well, thanks for listening to Stories around the campfire. We'll see you next time.